0: If we want to do efficient analysis, we really need to efficiently categorize these variables. It's my honor to uh, introduce uh, Ute Nattikainen. She's a pharmacist. Uh, she has a PhD from 2020 from the University of Aulu. Uh, She's very interested in, um, in medication safety research in a wide perspective, and we're really looking forward to hearing your presentation today, Utti. Today, I'll be talking about the utilization of uncategorized medical data, and I will be presenting a case from the Finnish Specialized Care. And also, like the very nice introduction said, my background is in uh, medication safety and clinical pharmacology. So how I ended up doing this particular uh, research topic, I would like to give you a bit of a background on. So from the start of my research, I have been utilizing the Finnish healthcare registers. And luckily for me, we have plenty of those. We have, like shown in this picture, which does not contain by far all of the registers we have. We have a lot of nationwide registers. And you can really say that Finland is the promised land of of healthcare registers. And... Why we have these registers is a result of very aggressive digitalization in the late 1990s. So we're really happy about the situation right now. Majority of these nationwide registers contain contain, uh, categorized or semi-categorized data. And they all approach um, the data from a bit of uh, different angles. So we get a large variety of different uh, data variables. But uh, in addition to the nationwide registers, we do have more localized hospital data lake registers, which tend to uh, document all all variables that are uh, documented during patient's care in in, uh, healthcare, whether it's specialized or primary care. And uh, it's collected from a specific um, area, typically from a uh, university hospital area. And what's the difference between uh, the nationwide registers and the hospital data lakes is that the hospital data data lakes uh, do contain a a lot of uh, narrative data as well, because they include all kinds of patient statements like pathology statements and radiology statements. So what's in common to all these registers is that they contain individual level data. And what's really nice about them is that they're all uh, linkable via social security number. So us register study people in Finland, we really have it nice here. Because of course, from, from this type of um, mm-hmm. register, uh, we register uh, connection, we can like combine a lot of different information of patient care. So we seem to be having plenty of data in categorized form. So what's the fuss about uncategorized data? Well, the thing is that um, when doing research, you quite quickly realize that uh, categorical data tells a lot about healthcare and pharmacotherapies, which I am interested in, but it also leaves a lot of things and a lot of questions out. And examples of those are, whether patient can actually take the medicine he or she is prescribed, or um, whether patient experiences adverse drug reaction during treatment, um, categorical data doesn't really tell a lot about medication process itself, or whether patient experienced treatment failure, or let alone the cause of treatment failure, and what was the overall patient experience during the treatment. So as you may tell from these these questions here, um, many of the the, uh, uncategorized or unstructured variables measure the quality of pharmacotherapies. And that of course is the reason why I'm so interested about the uncategorical data. And so in uncategorized format, we have descriptions of larger events like adverse drug events and medication errors and the overall treatment. But sometimes, as a result of the way, um, way these variables are documented, we can have essentially uh, structured variables like left ventricle ejection fraction and ECOG and NIHA class that are, are or could be categorical variable, variables very easily, but they're just documented in, in within the patient text, so they are in uh, uh, uncategorized format. So um, like I said, my background is in medication safety research. So these are all things I'm very interested in. So very quickly uh, during my PhD work, I realized that if we want to do efficient analysis, uh, considering these events, we really need to um, efficiently categorize these variables if you want to use larger data masses to quantify them. So that is kind of the background on why uncategorized data is so interesting and important to us in my research group. So um, during my PhD studies I used a lot of um, patient register data but I also used national medication error report data that is collected from the Finnish uh, healthcare. That uh, medication error reporting system is called the HIPRO reporting system, and it was initiated in 2007 in Finland. And it uh, contains information from social and healthcare organizations, and it currently has over 200,000 users. And I think the latest addition to the um, uh, user, users of the HIPRO system were the private pharmacies that uh, initiated the HIPRO system also back in 2021. So um, the HYPRO reports that you uh, can see an example of uh, in the uh, right, unfortunately in Finnish, uh, they are filed by healthcare professionals and patients. And just in uh, specialized care, we have estimated that we get over 15,000 reports annually. So we get a quite nice number of reports but we do know that that is in reality five to ten percent of all events that occur. But of course, we take what we can, so it's already a good good register of medication error data. So from the picture, you can see that the reports contain structured and unstructured data, and what is in unstructured form are the description of the event circumstances enabling the event and future, uh, future prevention ideas to of course prevent these types of events. So actually these are the things that we are really interested in, in these uh, reports. And what is in uh, categorized format are event time, event location, um, the occupation of the person filing the report and whether it was actual medication error or a near miss event, the unit where it occurred, and then after the report has been uh, filed by the person reporting it in the first place, it goes to the uh, unit supervisor typically who fills uh, risk assessment and patient harm assessment according to a, a specific scheme. So these are also in a categorized format in the final report. Currently, we um, cannot utilize efficiently the uh, narrative part of the reports, the unstructured part. Um, The unstructured part is mainly um, analyzed in, in really small takes in unit level, typically. And on organizational level, we can only efficiently utilize the categorized data. And this, of course, lead to lack of systematic analysis of these uh, medication error reports and we don't get as good an overview of the medication safety issues as we would like to and also um, kind of up-to-date information um, of trends and descriptions of novel or new phenomenon in medication safety is left out this in this way of analyzing the reports so it's not very efficient So the case example I'm uh, presenting today is a, um, a proof of concept project that we conducted in collaboration with Olu University Hospital, your Olu University, and Olu Digital Health Hub. And we had SAS Analytics that was um, taking care of the technical execution of this project. Uh, of course, I didn't do this work by myself. I had a lot of help from my research group. And to name one person, uh, Sami Sned from Oslo University Hospital was really working hard with the data categories in this project. And I would like to point out that because of my background in clinical pharmacology, I will by no means go into the, uh, the into like detail about the technical aspects of this this project. This will be a very practical presentation of the of the work and the results. So in this work, we had a data set of 15,000 hyper reports from Ola University Hospital that were, co- were collected from uh, 27 to 2020. And these were specialized care reports only, and they contain bo- both um, actual medication errors and near miss events. And in the image, you can see the um, study design, Coarsely, uh, our idea was to collect know-how from um, and IT solutions from private corporations and also utilize our previous knowledge uh, and on the um, uh, analysis of medication safety incidents uh, incidents, and, and then just to use this new data that we had collected. And what we wanted to do was to test um, the capabilities of, of AI methods, specifically natural language processing in analyzing and categorizing these. <clears throat> reports. And our goals were to achieve um, automated data anonymization and also automated drug name categorization and event categorization. And this work is actually uh, published in Dosis. Unfortunately, it is in Finnish. Due to the uh, nature of the project, it was a proof of concept project with very limited resourcing we did not do very thorough, we did as thorough validation as we could, but it was not as thorough that it would be um, enough to report in um, international publication series, but it is published in doses and it has a um, abstract in English. So you can search that out. (laughs) So a little bit of the uh, background and our previous results. So like I said, we were very familiar with the HYPRO reporting uh, register. And in the image here, you can see our uh, research from 2020 where we had a take of a bit more than 9,000 Hyper reports that we wanted to analyze and categorize. And here we had to do it manually. And because we had to do it manually, we had to really go down in the uh, cohort size to to make it really feasible. And the first thing we wanted to do was to select medications from specific um, ATC categories. And to do that, the first thing we had to do was to um, uh, search and categorize all medicine that were involved in the uh, reports. And after that, we did manual data processing, which uh, included me reading through all the a bit more than more than 1,600 hyper reports, and then um, manually coding them according to incident types, and then grouping them, grouping the incident types into course categories, and then creating the final categories. And in this study, we um, selected uh, five categories that describe the outcome of the of the medication error what actually happened to the um, medication itself in the after the error had occurred whether patient received excess medicine or was omit, uh, had uh, was omitted medicine or had a wrong dose or wrong medicine and then of course we had the undefined outcomes. So we were enthusiastic about this uh, study and that formed the main aim to the proof of concept project later, which was to test the capabilities of natural language processing in categorizing event outcomes, and also the medication data from narrative parts of the hyper reports. And at this point, we were not at all sure whether this kind of automated categorization, especially uh, concerning the ATC coding, would be even possible. So our main um, interest was just to see which steps are needed in data processing to produce results with NLP methods and whether it's actually even possible. So here is the process of natural language processing that we had in this process very briefly. So first we have our data set of 15,000 reports. And before anything, we had to do anonymization to these reports because, of course, the material is very sensitive. So that was the first step. And after that came the actual natural language processing, which consisted of tokenization, lemmatization, part of speech tagging, and sentence boundary disambiguation. And to those of you who are not so into natural language processing like me, this is all explained in English here next to the box. So basically every uh, every text that was in the reports was first chopped into sentences and then into individual words. And the words were returned to their basic form and they were coded and categorized according to the grammatic meaning and context of the word. So after this process, we pretty much just had words in their basic form and uh, that were labeled so they could be categorized searched and the associations of the words words could be studied and in the right you can see just a very preliminary result of uh, of of a word search after this this was done to the reports where we searched for the word error and just wanted to see which kind of um uh, other words and associations to other words the the word error would have and the picture kind of Depicts um, the pits, the, um, the positioning of the words and also the the strength of the correlation. So this was already pretty informative that picture itself. And then then to the ATC classification, which ended up being really just the main issue to solve in this proof of concept project. Um, and this was the thing we were most uncertain of whether we could do it or not. So to those who do not know, ATC classification stands for Anatomic Therapeutic Chemical Classification of Medicines and all medical um, substances have a five-level ITC code that that, um, just all all, uh, marks in the ATC code have um, separate meaning. The first one being the ATC main class. And the thing with medical data overall is that the medical categories always tend to be uh, a bit overlapping and often hierarchic. And based on our previous research, we knew that this was also very much the case with ATC classification. And our main concern was that several medicines have overlap in their classification, meaning that they have multiple um, main classes. The same substance may have multiple um, simultaneous main classes. And examples of such medicines are metronidazole, acetylsalicylic acid, lidocaine, and cefuroxime. And here you can see more specifically the case metronidazole. It has um, at the same time, it's categorized in five different main main ATC classes, uh, and quite often it had um, several preparations with similar names also in these classes. So um, the classification required for us to do some tricks, and quite often we had to take um, words that uh, describe the um, pharmaceutical composition or or administration route to kind of identify the specific. Uh, medicine and to make sure it was categorized uh, properly and in the right class. And luckily, we did not have to start this word from scratch. <clears throat> like I said, we had been doing this classification manually in our previous research, so we already knew the problematic medications. So we we, we had a list of those, and we could just uh, move straightforwardly to the um, creating the rules of the classification. So that helped a bit. So let's go straight to the results then. Um, First up, anonymization. So in theory, uh, medication error reports and hyper reports are spontaneous reports and they should not contain any individual level information. But in reality, they do contain phone numbers, emails, names and even social security numbers. For, for whatever reason, these information are sometimes put into the narrative part of the reports, and on the right, you can see examples of of such cases they're not actual um, actual reports of course, but very realistic cases of of uh, situations where where uh, individual level information would be in those reports so the anonymization here was uh conducted using SASLIA peer peer exchange function to remove any personal information from the reports. And basically that function um, found the selected string from from within the text and replaced it with a selected other string with ours being the XXX. And the challenges we ran into during the anonymization process were that, for starters, our uh, electronic patient register names were ESCO and ANTI, which are also common Finnish male names. So we had to exclude these from the lists with specific rules. And also we noticed that there was a fine line balancing between erasing um, names in the in the uh, text from or from the text and still maintain maintaining the analysis analyzability and readability of the data and also finnish language post post some <laughs> some specific concerns also for example the um, function considered ole first uh, a name which is which it, it definitely is not in finnish it's a work work is. So so we had to kind of go through the data many times in several iterative rounds to make sure that we did not mess up the data but still ended up with um, good anonymization results. And we basically did this by co- uh, cross-examining reports that were anonymized with those that weren't anonymized. Then to the ATC categorization, um, so we, from the ATC categorization system, we had over 11,000 categorizing terms alone. So we had all brand names of drugs and all active substance names. But uh, in addition to those, we wanted to have uh, medical slang, Names that were used for medications, the exam for dexamethasone and epi5 or epi7 for epidural anesthetics, for example. And also, from our previous experience, we wanted to add uh, the most common typos because drug names are hard and they're quite often misspelled. So, overall, our ATC search found over 35,000 hits from the uh, 15,000 reports. And what what we had to do to achieve this in addition to the the, um, 11,000 categorizing terms from the basic ATC classification, were to add 88 special rules for brand names and over 2000 special rules for active substance names. So doing this to all those uh, (laughs) individually was quite a lot of work and Sami really had to pull some stunts here to make it work. so. So it took a lot more time than we anticipated. And that was also the reason why um, why the validation was we did not end up having enough time for very thorough validation, but we did compare these results that we received from this data to the nationwide data that we were that we were, we had analyzed previously. And we, like said in the beginning, did ha- did not have any uh, intention for quantification, so we were just checking the capabilities here. So, like you can see from the picture here, um, already we're enriching the data a lot by just adding the ATC categorization information here, and it, it is actually very important information if it's not achievable otherwise. So here we could make longitudinal analysis and we could filter to the reports according to any selected medication class or any selected time period. So we could really just See whether um, there were any trends in the medication error um, errors overall during the the period. Where if if some group would peak in a certain time, you could kind of specifically go into there and see what what really happened during that time. So it was really interesting. Um, So we could now basically detect every medicine mentioned in the reports and when we compared the results we got from this ATC categorization with this cohort we were really pleased to see that the picture depicted here on left that these results of the overall um, ATC categories and the distribution of them really matched our previous studies. So they're pretty much identical results to our previous studies. Even though we couldn't make a real specific validation, this gave us uh, optimism that we were doing things right here. And the really nice thing about adding these ATC categories to the uh, variables was that we could combine them now with any other categorical variables from the results or from the reports. Like you can see on the um, upper right picture here, we just combining the ATC hierarchy to the um, medication error type gives you a lot of uh, quick uh, understanding on how how the uh, medication distribution goes within the errors. And then also below, you can see that we just kind of uh, filtered the group NO2 and wanted to see how the risk and uh, patient harm was distributed uh, within the medicines in this group. So this was really a huge step forward in the analysis process for us. Then after spending several, several hours on this work, we uh, finally got to the event categorization itself. And we ended up not having very much time to do that, so we selected a few um, event types that we wanted to search from the uh, medication error reports. And we ended up with uh, categories describing lookalike soundalike medicines, staff alertness, administration route, electronic patient record system, and some of the medication outcomes that we had uh, researched in our previous work. And the search rules were basically word combinations. And we use very um, basic rules, distance, not rules, and associated words to, to create the searches. And for administration route, we had to use some synonym synonym words and slang words because it turned out in Finnish language, you have very, very, very many ways to say that you give something intravenously. So. Overall, our finding of this uh, process was that Finnish language will make us work a bit more, like you can probably tell by this picture where you have all the—I don't know if inflection is the right word—but you have all the forms of the word "dog." So this is also the reason why many of the standard solutions that are offered by uh, by different software do not work well with Finnish language. So we don't have any um, easy or Uh, given solutions for us unfortunately but luckily for you this is probably not the case with Norwegian language. So the results from the event categorization were pretty much similar to those with the ATC categories. We were really happy with the results and we were enriching the existing data with knowledge of these, these phenomenon. We found 134 reports with lookalike like sound like medicine hits and 135 reports that uh, mentioned staff alertness. And um, the really, uh, the kind of um, part that we were happy to see was that over two thirds of the reports uh, mentioned electronic patient record system, which gave us um, the idea or or kind of we already knew that information transfer is the root cause for majority of events everywhere in the world. So this kind of just um, emphasized this this idea here. So we could uh, now use the event categories with ATC categories, but also with the um, existing categorical variables from the medication error reports and and below here you can see a picture where we have the administration route uh, combined with uh, uh, harm inflicted to patient, and the results are really just they make a lot of sense given that uh, per oral administration is hardly ever um, considered causing serious harm to patient, whereas intrathecal administration is significantly more often considered to cause serious harm to patient. So the results made a lot of sense to us. And we're really happy to see this these, uh, come alive. And also that the, the um, analysis were so fast to do after the initial categorization. Um, on top of our work with these categories, there was a small bonus also that we weren't expecting but came without ordering. Um, so while the um, text is processed in the reports, uh, the software formed combination word combinations, where, where it um, kind of combined words that were more often associated with each other or clustered. And below you can see um, an example of such such. Uh, topic that was built by the software itself, where there's the word pain, surgery, anesthesia, pain medication and operation room. And when researching these topics, we, found, we, we discovered that, yes, these are very, very um, common um, kind of events. And also that in this way, the data kind of starts telling you what goes on in the reports without you having to think what you want to find from the data. So this we saw as a step towards more refined methods with AI in the future, or possibility of such work in the future. So last, the conclusions and next steps. Um, Like said, this is by no means bulletproof because of a project resourcing and time, unfortunately. Our validation based on iterative rounds and assessing small takes, so it does not rule out false negative results we can easily have unfound medication or unfound outcome events in the reports. But overall, considering the validation we could do, we're really happy and really um, optimistic about these results. So in the future, further validation and testing is required. And also, we should pretty much increase data numbers and add more sophisticated machine learning methods to the analysis process. And this would require just a lot of more interdisciplinary, disciplinary research and development work from us. And in the far future, we kind of envision that this kind of work lays the um, basis for any further uh, development and maybe once we get this going, it could even be integrated to electronic patient record systems where it could work as a uh, real-time detection of events. And it, this is also the way to form a basis for any uh, effective, effectiveness assessments. So that's really, we're uh, uh, really looking forward for the future. And in the future, we kind of from this project, our take was that in the future, we're really looking forward for the data telling us what we uh, want to know instead of us telling the data what we, we need to know from it. And to to the end, I would like to highlight a bit of the importance of this work. In January, we had a huge uh, healthcare reform in the in in Finland, where we said goodbye to our old hospital districts and said hello to new encatchment areas that are now covering healthcare, both primary and and uh, specialized care in Finland. And one of the main goals of these new encatchment areas here is to ensure that medication in the future is knowledge-based and also knowledge-based decision-making kind of guides every process uh, that is that is uh, developed here. So this kind of work is really important considering that in the future. That's really good, interesting to hear and uh, good luck on your uh, further studies and hope, to, uh, hope that you can come back again and uh, tell us a bit more about that later on. So thank, thank you very much.